Chapter thirty five of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas. The translator is unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughan. Chapter thirty five The Princess de Lamballe. The Princess de Lamballe entered beautiful and calm, her hair drawn back from her noble forehead, her dark pencilled eyebrows, her clear blue eyes and beautiful lips, and her unrivalled figure formed a lovely tout ensemble. She seemed always surrounded by an atmosphere of virtue and grace. The king looked at her with a troubled expression, dreading what he was about to hear, then bowing said, Sit down, princess. What does your majesty desire? asked she in a sweet voice. Some information, princess. What day did you last go with the queen to Paris? Wednesday, sire. Pardon me, cousin, said Louis the Sixteenth, but I wish to know the exact truth. You will never hear anything else from me, sire. What did you go there for? I went to Monsieur Mesmer's Place Vendôme. The two witnesses trembled. The king colored with delight. Alone? asked the king. No, sire. With the queen. With the queen? cried Louis, seizing her hand. Yes, sire. Monsieur de Provence and Monsieur de Crosne looked stupefied. Your majesty had authorized the queen to go, at least so she told me, continued the princess. It was true, cousin. Gentlemen, I breathe again. Madame de Lamballe never tells a falsehood. Never, sire. Oh, never, sire, said Monsieur de Crosne, with perfect sincerity. But will you permit me, sire? Certainly, monsieur, question. Search as much as you please. I place the princess at your disposal. Madame de Lamballe smiled. I am ready, she said. Madame, said the lieutenant of police. Have the goodness to tell his majesty what you did there and how the queen was dressed. She had on a dress of grey taffeta a mantle of embroidered muslin, an ermine muff, and a rose-coloured velvet bonnet trimmed with black. Monsieur de Crosne looked astonished. It was a totally different dress from that which he had had described to him. The Comte de Provence bit his lips with vexation, and the king rubbed his hands. "'What did you do on entering?' asked he. "'Sire, you are right to say on entering, for we had hardly entered the room.' "'Together?' "'Yes, sire, and we could scarcely have been seen.' for everyone was occupied with the experiments going on, when a lady approached the queen, and, offering her a mask, implored her to turn back. And you stopped. Yes, sire. You never went through the rooms? asked Monsieur de Crosne. No, monsieur. And you never quitted the queen? asked the king. Not for a moment, sire. Her majesty never left my arm. Now, cried the king, what do you say, Monsieur de Crosne, and you, brother? It is extraordinary, quite supernatural said the Count, who affected a gaiety which could not conceal his disappointment. There is nothing supernatural, said Monsieur de Crosne, who felt real remorse. What Madame de Lamballe says is undoubtedly true, therefore my informants must have been mistaken. Do you speak seriously, sir? asked the Count. Perfectly, Monseigneur. Her Majesty did what Madame de Lamballe states, and nothing more. I feel convinced. My agents were somehow or other deceived. As for this journalist, I will immediately send the order for his imprisonment. Madame de Lamballe looked from one to the other with an expression of innocent curiosity. One moment, said the king. You spoke of a lady who came to stop you. Tell us who she was. Her majesty seemed to know her, sire. Because, cousin, I must speak to this person. Then we shall learn the key to this mystery. That is my opinion also, sire, said Monsieur de Crosne. Did the queen tell you that she knew this person? said the count. She told me so, Monseigneur. My brother means to say that you probably know her name. Madame de la Motte-Valois. 
that intriguer cried the king diabla said the count she will be difficult to interrogate she is cunning we will be as cunning as she said m de Crosne. i do not like such people about the queen said louis she is so good that all the beggars crowd around her madame de lamotte is a true valois said the princess however that may be i will not see her here i prefer depriving myself of the pleasure of hearing the queen's innocence confirmed to doing that but you must see her sire said the queen entering at that moment pale with anger beautiful with a noble indignation it is not now for you to say i do or i do not wish to see her she is a witness from whom the allegiance of my accusers said she looking at her brother-in-law and the justice of my judges turning the king and m de crosne must draw the truth i the accused demand that she be heard madame said the king we will not do madame de la motte the honour of sending for her to give evidence either for or against you i cannot stake your honour against the veracity of this woman you need not send for her she is here here cried the king sire you know i went to see her one day that day of which so many things were said and she looked again at the comte de provence who felt ready to sink through the ground and i then dropped at her house a box containing a portrait which she was to return to me to-day and she is here no no said the king i am satisfied and do not wish to see her but i am not satisfied and shall bring her in besides why this repugnance what has she done if there be anything tell me you monsieur de crosne you know everything i know nothing against this lady replied he really certainly not she is poor and perhaps ambitious but that is all if there be no more than that against her the king can surely admit her i do not know why said louis but i have a presentiment that this woman will be the cause of misfortune to me oh sire that is superstition pray fetch her madame de lamballe five minutes after jeanne with a timid air although with a distinguished appearance entered the room louis the sixteenth strong in his antipathies had turned his back towards her and was leaning his head on his hands seeming to take no longer a part in the conversation the comte de provence cast on her a look which had her modesty been real would have increased her confusion but it required much more than that to trouble jeanne madame said the queen have the goodness to tell the king exactly what passed the other day at monsieur mesmer's jeanne did not speak it requires no consideration continued the queen we want nothing but the simple truth jeanne understood immediately that the queen had need of her and knew that she could clear her in a moment by speaking the simple truth but she felt inclined to keep her secret sire said she i went to see monsieur mesmer from curiosity like the rest of the world the spectacle appeared to me rather a coarse one i turned and suddenly saw her majesty entering whom i had already had the honour of seeing but without knowing her till her generosity revealed her rank it seemed to me that her majesty was out of place in this room where much suffering and many ridiculous exhibitions were going on i beg pardon for having taken it on myself to judge it was a woman's instinct but i humbly beg pardon if i pass the bounds of proper respect she seemed overcome with emotion as she concluded everyone but the king was pleased madame de lamballe thought her conduct delicate and herself timid intelligent and good the queen thanked her by a look well she said you have heard sire he did not move but said i did not need her testimony i was told to speak said jeanne timidly and i obeyed it is enough answered he when the queen says a thing she needs no witnesses to confirm her and when she has my approbation as she has it she need care for that of no one else he cast an overwhelming look on his brother 
and kissing the hands of the queen and the princess, and begging pardon of the latter for having disturbed her for nothing, he made a slight bow to Jeanne. The ladies then left the room. Brother, said Louis to the Count, now I will detain you no longer. I have work to do with Monsieur de Closne. You have heard your sister's complete justification, and it is easy to see you are as pleased as myself. Pray sit down, Monsieur de Closne. End of chapter 35